Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book. I'm a registered dietitian, now what? Where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Well, today's conversation is with the lovely Wendy Reinhardt Capsack. She is a previous guest actually episode 182 and a registered dietitian who is president and CEO of Produce for Better Health. We are celebrating September being National Fruit and Veggie Month and she has some new research which is very exciting and cutting edge that Produce for Better Health is doing to help dietitians and other health professionals elevate fruit and vegetable consumption and making it a national priority. Please enjoy my conversation with Wendy. Super excited to have you back. You are a second time guest, which that doesn't happen very often Ooh, in my world. So nice. lucky you. Awesome. But um, it's been a couple of years since we chatted. And I know that there is an exciting month coming up for Produce for Better Health. But I want you to kind of talk to me a little bit about just introduce yourself to my guest who maybe missed your episode, what you do and who you work for. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for having me for a second time. I feel honored. It's like <laughs> Good. not a usual thing. Uh, so my name is Wendy Reinhardt Kepsack. I'm a registered dietitian. I also happen to be the president and CEO of the Produce for Better Health Foundation. And PBH is the only national nonprofit 501c3 organization that is 100% dedicated to helping people live happier, healthier lives by eating and, this is important, enjoying fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. Every single day. And so we are promoting fresh, frozen, canned, dried, and 100% juice in that. And it, it, I've been with the role now five years. And so you got me halfway oh. in almost, a little bit more. And um, it's been a real pleasure to really see this organization transform into what it is today. And you're right. We have um, a really exciting month happening. Um, September, we've declared it, is National Fruits and Veggies Month. And it's really an a effort. It's a month-long celebration, but also an effort to elevate fruit and vegetable consumption to a national priority. As you know, and many of your listeners know, our fruits and vegetables are the plants that no one is eating enough of. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've got to do something about it. And so as registered dietitians, health and wellness professionals, we are perfectly poised um, <laughs> to help people live happier, healthier lives by eating more plants, fruits and vegetables. Yeah. What is the stats now? Like, what is the average person consuming a vegetable or fruit? Like, what does that look like? Well, that's the thing. It hasn't changed so much. So so we're going to self-reflect in a minute here. Um, (laughs) Is So, you know, for the most part, you hear the bigger stat around, um, you know, only one in 10 Americans are really meeting what we might call the dietary guidelines for Americans or the recommended amount of fruits and vegetables each day. Now, when PBH, or Produce for Better Health Foundation, thinks of consumption, we've really taken even, a, a, I guess, a broader look at consumption. So there's lots of different types of data out there that we can use to measure our success or where we're starting from for improvement. And the one I just put it to, you know, that's government data. It's volume data, right? How many servings or cups, if you will, are people eating? Now, we also look at PBH. We released this research in 2021, so last year, and it was called State of the Plate. And so we we're interested in volume, but we're also interested in what we would call frequency of consumption. So if you're doing something on a regular basis, I'm going to pick something that hopefully everybody's doing every day <laughs> is brushing your teeth. Um, you know, that's a frequent behavior. And so if you're doing it every day, it's likely that it's somewhere in your routine or habit, and it's probably something you do automatically. And so that research let us know that, you know what? People's fruit and vegetable habits, essentially as measured by frequency, those appear to be eroding. And so volume is important. That's pretty much stayed stagnant. But we see this slow erosion of fruit and vegetable consumption frequency or their habits. And this is even most concerning because some of those, you know, generations that were really good about eating fruits and vegetables, they we can't depend on them to kind of keep that volume metric even up. Um, mm-hmm. So, so 
we think it's really important to look at fruit and vegetable habits or behaviors in addition to volume to try to unpack what's going on. Because you know what, if we haven't, even as registered dietitians or health and wellness professionals, made progress in this area, we might need to take a step back and say, you know what, are we focused as health and wellness professionals on the right things? And are do we need to to change essentially to the trajectory of health in America? Do we maybe need to change our approach? And so at PBH, we're very focused on understanding consumption in in the traditional ways and maybe in some innovative ones too. And um, as we're thinking about, you know, National Fruits and Veggies Month, it's a perfect time to shine the spotlight on fruits and vegetables directly to consumers and make it really fun and engaging. And it's also a time for us to also maybe release some new insights. And so we have some some new research coming up as well. Ooh, that's exciting. Well, I like how you, I love the idea of frequency and habits because you're right. Like we can talk, oh, the average person needs one and a half servings of this a day. But mm-hmm. if we're not consistent and if we're not doing it more often, then what's the point of, the, of measuring yeah, that or, serving? Yeah, I mean, or the idea too, like most people know fruits and vegetables are fairly healthy. Um, and so as much as, you know, nutrition experts um, want to talk about those things, and, th- and that's important too. It's just, I think what I've seen through the research we've done is that may not be the first thing that we should talk about. It depends. Um, but what we might want to get after is more of this behavioral type of exploration with our patients, clients, and consumers in a way that builds habits. And that sounds like, oh my gosh, no, duh. Um, (laughs) And there's more habit research coming out and habits are kind of in some of like the best-selling, you know, kind of making its way into pop culture type of books, if you will. Um, But really habits, what we found are understudied. And a lot of that has to do with like, you know, just us feeling like we, you know, we actually are are making more decisions than maybe we actually are. Um, we're kind of overestimating our control in the matter. Not that we don't have control, but some of the largest and well-renowned habit researchers, and some of them advise us too at PBH, is, you know, gosh, about 43% of what you're doing every day is stuff that like, you're just doing, and you're doing it, with, doing it without even thinking about it. And so, um, and those habits like brushing your teeth, they're going to be a little bit different for everybody, but there are some key ingredients to habits that we can study. And we, it can, and if we understand habits, particularly as health and wellness professionals, registered dietitians, I think we might even shift, let's say, um, the types of things we talk about with patients, clients, and consumers. I, well, and I think we need to because obviously the approach that we're taking isn't working. <laughs> yeah, or, or you know, yeah, at a, at a, in a scalable way, right? I'm sure, right. you know, dietitians um, were you know kind of those superheroes every day on the front lines, you know, fighting the good fight. Um, I always like to say, like, I'm on a mission from God. I want everybody to eat more fruits and vegetables. <laughs> um, but one of the th- I, I'd like to you know kind of unpack some of the things that we've learned here. So we're gonna get we're ready to release. Um, this new research, and we're affectionately calling it Hacks to Habits. And that's kind of the short, shortened version there. But, you know, so many of us that are reaching patients and clients, clients and consumers really, you know, okay, give me some easy tips and tricks. There's like one or two things. Give me the easy tips and tricks or give me what exactly I'm supposed to do. You know, you yes. hear some of those things, right? So, so when we think about habits, there are there's some really key ingredients and when you talk to habit researchers. So let's unpack those. A lot of times as dietitians, we're going to focus on like the actual behavior, eat more fruits and vegetables. However, is that might be the second most important ingredient or the second ingredient. The first ingredient is usually a cue to have some real, you know, effect here is a cue. Let's use brushing your teeth. The cue is you wake up in the morning. Maybe it's somebody straight out of bed. Maybe the cue is, honest to goodness, nobody ever likes to admit this. I don't do this. I just want to be clear about that. But some people brush their teeth in the shower, you know, so like turning on the water (laughs) is like, or you're in a rush or something. I don't know. And then, or for others, it's like right after they eat breakfast. So, so there's this cue that's happening essentially automatically because people have repeated this pattern so, so often. It's a cue. The next thing is the behavior or the act itself actually brushing your teeth or eating more fruits and vegetables, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then the third ingredient is a reward. And, you know, automatically we're like, oh, have you rewarded yourself for, you know, <laughs> what's what or something, you know. But, like, let's just break it down, like, simple stuff. For brushing your teeth, it's, I always like to say, it's like, okay, yeah, ooh, mm, my teeth feel, like, very clean and fresh and minty. Or, you know, I feel like, you know, somehow my mouth is refreshed. There's an award there yes. or reward there. Or, you know, somebody's not repulsed, okay, by, by your, your breath. dragon breath. One, <laughs> yes. Okay, so it could go either way. <laughs> Um, but then there's also the final part of this is, is repetition and it's a lot of repetition. So brushing your teeth, there's a cue. Everybody does a little bit differently. It's the behavior itself, the act of brushing your teeth. It's the reward, fresh breath or people wanting to actually remain around your, in your presence. Mm -hmm. And then there's a repetition. It's happening every day or maybe twice a day or three times a day. And actually each time that happens, let's say in the morning, it's, um, the alarm clock for fun. And then in the evening, it's something totally different. It's going to be a different experience. It's a different journey for the same behavior, but at, in the evening. So there's a lot more just kind of like intentional thought around that, even just as we unpacked it. Well, if we're talking about eating more fruits and vegetables, there's four key findings that we found, um, you know, that I think are coming out in this research that could really help us recalibrate. I think how we think about helping people make uh, habits ha or really take hacks to habits when it comes to fruits and vegetables. Um, the first one is fruits, the habit opportunities for fruit are super different than the habit opportunities for vegetables. It's kind of like the habit opportunities for brushing your teeth in the morning are kind of different than the habit opportunities um, for vegetables uh, or, or in the evening rather. And so I think I might've mentioned this even in our first episode that we did together, which is, you know, Fruits and vegetables, both most dietitians really love them both, um, but they're like your kids. You're like, I love them both, but I'm going to treat them a little differently. I might, you know, I might handle them differently depending on the situation, and that is 100% true. And so we found some really, if we thought about fruits and vegetables as having different personalities, um, and or the the cues for which they lend themselves very nicely um, to being piggybacked on with. Um, it might be different. An example might be, I wouldn't pick this one, by the way, it's just the first one that popped in my head, is a lot of people have a habit in the morning, it's called coffee. <laughs> and, and so, am I, you know, great, awesome, that is a cue, and on your way out, you could pick I don't know, a, a handheld banana with that or something like, let's just say. Mm -hmm. But now I have to unpack all the parts of that journey. I don't know. Where are the bananas? How many did we, my husband just bought bananas today. How <laughs> many are there? Are they green? Are they gross? Are they too brown? Like, uh, uh, uh. So thinking about how to create the perfect habit, not just the equation itself, but you know, this is important. So the, the cue is the coffee. The behavior is eating a piece of fruit with it. The reward is, and something could get in the way of the reward. Like I just said, oh my gosh, they're too green. Eh. Or those are the kind that I like first to put in my smoothies, not the kind of like just grab and go, you know? Sure. So it's like you have to kind of like think through all that. It's like what are all the right limiting factors here for that equation? And then can you repeat it? Sometimes you're going to have a lot of bananas. Maybe sometimes you're out. And we could go, we could do something, you know, we can make it like the smoothie would be even more complex because if you're going to make it that one yourself, that's going to require a few more steps. Yes. So... But, or in the evening, it's, you know, I don't know, maybe it is a vegetable side dish, which few, fewer people are doing. Um, or it's every Friday, we have pizza. Every Friday, we're going to add more peppers to our pizza. It's like, so like, it's just a piggybacking behavior. Or it's just bag salad, no matter what, with the pizza. And that sounds so simple, I think, to us as registered dietitians. But unpacking that journey, utilizing that habit equation can be very, very helpful in getting consumers to not just have a hack. The hack would be, yeah, just pop that bag salad open, super simple, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but really making sure that that's going to happen and turn into a habit. And there's a lot more repetition involved with it. I think sometimes as dietitians, we're quick to do the hack and or like why that's super important, but not maybe help people stick with the habit and or determine all those rate limiting factors for that one act, that one behavior. And it's not eat more vegetables. It's actually have bag salad with my pizza. 
Ooh, I like, well, and it's like, you are having that conversation too about, you know, what's your life like? You know, I, you have to have, do you have coffee in the morning? What does your mornings look like? What do you have on Friday? Like, I guess it's creating Mm -hmm. more of a conversation around what their day-to-day is like. So then you can start tapping into those habits to tag along that fruit and vegetable. That's right. And there is research to demonstrate that it is much easier to, um, you know, kind of add to, or it truly is called a piggybacking habit than it is to create a completely new one. So maybe the goal ultimately is to create your own smoothies in the morning, but let's, let's try that. Let's try this other one first, you know, or let's think of a product innovation that makes it very easy. So around all of that, you know, that we just unpacked on the habit equation and how habit opportunities are different for fruits and vegetables in everything we talk about, it has to be easy. You know, you guys, yes. you, some of the people, some, not everybody, but some of the listeners, depending on their age range, would remember <laughs> that, you know, easy button idea. And that is 100% true is that easy button. But now saying, how do I make it easy for you to eat for smart? You can't stop it. What about a bag salad with this? No, easy at every every turn here to, to yes. make sure. Not um, just the bag salad. <laughs> yeah, but like even when we talk to like some of our people who, you know, graciously support PBH, some of the some of the largest bag salad companies, yeah, it's taste. That's a great reward, by the way. Um, but it's also how easy is that packaging to find, to pick up, to open, to get rid of and feel okay about. You know, like it's oh, all sure. of those things. Yeah. Easy at every turn. So that's just the first one, um, but it's interesting. Now, the other thing we did with this research is, you know, oftentimes like, who is the apple consumer? This is very interesting information versus the strawberry consumer versus the artichoke consumer versus the bell pepper consumer. They're different people. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we said, remember that whole thing about frequency? And sometimes when you're looking at consumer research and using that to change or to kind of inform your practice or your communications is you're looking at that demographic stuff um, or data, I should say. But in this case, we were looking at the frequency data. So what we did was we looked at high frequency consumers, meaning those people that are eating more fruits and vegetables, like and actually meeting recommendations, they're our high frequency consumers. They're like they're like killing, they're like crushing it actually. And then we also looked at medium and low frequency consumers. By the way, most Americans are low frequency fruit and vegetable consumers. Most of them eat vet, mo- low frequency consumers generally eat vegetables once a day. By the way, that could be the lettuce on their sandwich. Um, mm-hmm. And, or, and then for fruit, it's actually less than that. So, one one occasion per day for veg and less than that for, for fruit. And you would think fruit's more because it tastes yeah. super sweet. But And actually a quarter of Americans are eating no fruit, okay, based wow. on the research and when we did it. So that's kind of interesting. So then we said, okay, we'll overlay that now with brand new beha- habit science. And so in the academic literature, and this is like brand new innovative stuff, so nobody's done this yet. Um, and so it's really like fun to try is we have a science advisory council. I mentioned that, um, you know, there's several behavioral science and food and nutrition science on that group and they inform our research. And one of them is Dr. Wendy Wood and she has a book called good habits, bad habits. Maybe she should be another guest. And, um, (laughs) and so she created in the academic literature, something called a habit index. And so if I were to ask you these questions, you'd be like, oh my gosh, Wendy, I already answered that question, but it's kind of like asking somebody the same question like over and over, but maybe just a little bit different way to truly determine, do you have a habit? So it might be things like, when you shop, do you automatically put the stuff in your cart? Do you, are you thinking about this? How often are you doing? So it's a series of questions. Okay. And we said, we wanted to know, do you have a shopping habit for fruits and vegetables, not just a shopping habit, but do you have a fruit and vegetable or shopping habit? And do you have a fruit and vegetable consumption habit? Okay. And um, what it is, it's like a series of questions. And then we take kind of an average of your, of your responses. And then that's the habit index. So this type of academic research and approach hasn't been applied to consumer research on fruits and vegetables at this time. So what we find is that, and this is again, a little bit like, no, duh, is low frequency consumers um, can actually, uh, 
they can take hacks to habits. Okay. Mm. We also, and that's like, okay, duh. But then we also said, well, what about those high frequency consumers? High frequency consumers aren't just doing it for the love of doing it. They actually have more habits, straight up habits. So it's like the ability to say, for us as health and wellness professionals and dietitians to say, you know what, there's something to this habit stuff. And the people who are being successful, it's not just being more successful because I told them or because they have more hacks. They actually have more habits, which means they automatically do these things in the context of other things they're doing. Interesting. And so, yeah. So, um, but they have, and so what they also report though, kind of interesting is they have a lot of the same struggles as low frequency consumers. For example, those that have a habit, um, they just somehow overcome them. And we think they overcome them with these easy, ha- based on our research, these easy hacks that they have just repeated, 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 repeated. And now they're just automatic. Okay. So um, so a couple of things there that I want to just unpack for some of us. Um, you know, the people that are eating the most fruits and vegetables, they actually kind of do have some inherent they believe at a higher level in the benefits of fruits and vegetables. I don't know if that happens after they have a habit or before. Hmm. Um, so so that what, how is that important to us as health and wellness professionals? Well, I know we love talking about like how healthy everything is and like superfoods and you know, mm. that's cool. <laughs> I think we think I think we probably might think it's cooler than the other people, the people who aren't eating <laughs> fruits and vegetables. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, guys. <laughs> but what what is going to excite someone else is the idea of the emotional connectivity that they may have um, and how it's going to make them feel and the eating experience and the eating experience associated with the flavor, taste and flavor. And I think if we could kind of change our paradigm as health and wellness professionals a little bit on this one thing, these two under like grossly under-consumed food groups that we all believe could make all the difference in the world and could be the one single most important action that consumers or could take to improve their overall diet quality. And we focused a little bit less on their healthfulness and the whys, but more on the reward. That mm. could be very, very powerful for our profession. Um, so there's a little bit of that. I will say, what about those high-frequency consumers? Just a little tidbit I found interesting. We're still going, pouring through all the data here. But the people who, I think it's, it's in the inflationary environment that we're in today, um, you know, September of 2022, is there are a lot of consumers that are very nervous or, you know, paying attention to what we might call food waste. I think they're mm-hmm. paying more attention to food, their food dollar versus food waste, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to fruits and vegetables, what we find is it's actually the highest frequency consumers that are most concerned about food waste. Mm. And that makes sense. Yeah. Because they're eating the most and they're like, what am I going to do with all of these bananas? Yes. I, I have them. <laughs> I'm going to repurpose that. I, I habitually <laughs> eat them. But like, I need to, I, I am nervous here. I got to, I got to eat all of these because I, I know I want to and I will. But so it's not necessarily the people that are eating them like once a day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's, I, I talked to the industry. I think this is really important for them. The people that are already buying your products, they're actually probably, they're, they're most concerned, not about, you know, how they're going to use all the things and the recipes and that type of deal and how they're going to plan to use them. They're actually more concerned that they're going to waste them. So mm. for you, you know, your best, and even for retail, for example, your best customers are the ones that are most, on fruits and vegetables, are the ones that are most concerned about food waste. It's actually not the broader group. Interesting. Um, so that's kind of an interesting little tidbit too. But um, I will say that um, a couple other little tidbits on this new research is vegetables, and this isn't a surprise, but the vegetables more than any other food group, more than any other one, they are the hardest to make taste good. <laughs> Duh. But yeah, so, you know, it's like as food and nutrition professionals and registered dietitians, I think this research, there's so much to unpack, but one of the most I think intriguing and important things is the habit opportunities for fruits and vegetables are really different. And if we take that one step further, 
something that can change the trajectory of fruit and vegetable consumption in America is if we can make help consumers see how they can make vegetables taste great, they will want to repeat that eating experience. And so if there was nothing else that we focused on when it came to vegetables, for example, just making them taste great to be rewarding as part of an eating experience, that would be really amazing. And I think it could change um, how people see vegetables overall. Um, And then finally is this research was it was, this is that where that hacks to habits comes in is we saw we what we did was you know take any right now you and I could probably rattle off 10 hacks usage hacks storage hacks prep hacks flavor hacks and we did all of that and we used the state of the plate research to inform it and then we gave them that list i mean it was a really long list and we said okay which of these are you doing and what we find is that high-frequency fruit and vegetable consumers, those that have habits as well, you know, they are using the most hacks, okay? Mm-hmm. Then we said, um, okay, now, after you've seen these, how confident do you feel that you could double your consumption of fruits and vegetables? And for fruit, maybe because we don't have to overcome that flavor barrier we were talking about. Both high-frequency consumers and lower-frequency consumers believe that they can, that we have inspired confidence that they actually could double their fruit consumption. When we talk about vegetables, what we see is the low-frequency consumers, the ones that are just sort of like making it once a day, they show the highest effect when it comes to increasing um, or even doubling their vegetable consumption. Hmm. So, so the idea of, you know, hacks to habits is important. Hacks alone are fantastic. Hacks, as we think about them as a behavior in the context of the habit equation, Q plus behavior or hack in this case, Plus reward, tasting great with repetition can will is the is the way for us to truly see a fruit and vegetable kind of revolution. I think in terms of habits, long term. I love that because that it just makes sense. Like I feel like I'm having like a dub moment right now. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of like that, isn't it? Like, yeah. Yes. But, and, and so, it, it, you know, our habit scientists, we even say, like, it's kind of a risk to put this out, this research out there, because particularly as, you know, most of the listeners, you know, devoting their careers and their most of their waking hours to helping people eat healthier, I think we think of, yeah, 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 small steps, small steps. Yes, in the context of the habit equation. And that means we have to be way more intentional and unpack and not move, not kind of breeze too quickly over one um, habit at a time in the context of what people are already doing with lots of repetition. I like that. Like flex your, flex your repetition muscle. Like get in there and see how you can do that with your clients. Yeah, for sure. And then habit, like there's going to be, there's going to be informing any new habit there's going to be some challenges. But if we recognize, you know, most of the things we're doing from a habit perspective, we're doing while we're doing something else and we don't even know it, that's, a, that's great. Um, and that's really why habits are so understudied because we kind of, we kind of overestimate like our own decision-making throughout the day, you know? Yeah, So sure. Yeah. That's interesting that you, that's kind of the research that you guys kind of fell upon. I mean, is there intention with that? Is it something that sparked that as far as, you know, produce for better health, seeing like that's where we should go? I think, you know, that we have a comprehensive research platform. I think that's a great question. We're always going to look at the food and nutrition kind of science research and make sure that, yeah, we do. So we have an umbrella review that looks at all the health and wellness it's a, you know, in a published peer-reviewed journal, all the health and wellness benefits associated with fruits and vegetables. That's kind of like core, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then, you know, we're saying, hey, we need to know what consumption trends are. And that's that state of the plate research. And then we do this type of research, this kind of consumer data overlaying behavioral science now. And I think it's an evolution. And it's an evolution because, like we said in the beginning of our time together, we really do need to self-reflect because we're missing something. Yes. And um, and so there's so much that I've learned from kind of, you know, allowing behavioral science to inform our work. Anything from, you know, the Nobel um, Prize-winning behavioral scientist saying, if you want to, you know, his name's Richard Thaler, if you want people to do something, you have to make it easy. And I'm not quite sure as dietitians if we've made fruit and vegetable consumption easy or just beautiful. Hmm. Um, That's profound. I, I think like when you say that, I think about just even my own career where I started at and where I'm at now. But you're right. Like, I think we start out with this, is it easier? Is it just, they're really pretty and let's throw them into every picture and let's have a dietitian making a salad all the time and our pictures and that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so, and then I think, you know, um, I just, I believe, I just believe that we, that consumers, we can still help them though, you know? And yes. so it, it's cause we do have a lot of this, this really important knowledge to share and we have all of those ideas. I think we just need to stop and drive it home a little bit more in a way that is acknowledging that most consumers know that fruits and vegetables are healthy. They do want to feel something. And um, you talked about something called food root and better root, or we've talked about it before. And so that's a whole nother thing for us to unpack. But there is any one of us, you know, we eat every day. We have some great emotional experiences with fruits and vegetables um, and others are less exciting, but it is, it is, it is an important tool for us to leverage, I think, emotion in our communication in a way that's meaningful and unique to the people in front of us. And then the doing part is the habit part is I want to recognize what you know, but I want more importantly to connect with you emotionally in a way that's authentic to you and how you live your life and eat today. And then I want to help you with some trips and tricks, but I want them to become habits. And for us to do that, we're going we're gonna to take one at a time. We're going to find out where the one that's going to be the easiest for you to implement is probably while you're based on something you're already doing. And then we're going to try to think of every way that's not going to happen. And we're going to figure out how we're going to make that not so. And we're going to focus. That could be like a whole, just one session, like with as, you know, with like a client, just yeah. like that could be a whole session in itself of spending the time to find the habit, think of all the ways, explore those options. They'll give you all the excuses or all the things that are going to hold them back. And then having that discussion and give them the tools to correct it or to yeah. implement it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think it's their willpower. It could be very empowering to say, this has nothing to do with your willpower. It has a lot of things to do with the environment or the systems in which we find ourselves operating every day. So let's, let's understand that. And we're going to create a new system of habits that's going to make you successful. I like it. Yeah. I really like it. I think yeah. that's very approachable for our profession, for sure. So what does, mm. what what kind of tools do you have for us? And I know mm. that you have this beautiful website full of awesome information, but what kind of things would be great starting points for us dietitians to use from the resources that you have? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have something called, this was an awesome project. Um, it, it was the, it's called the have a plant, um, or the plant forward eating guide. And it was a partnership that we did with casually California walnuts. And, um, and we did it because they were really excited about the, the, the overlay of behavioral science and the inclusiveness, which is kind of our philosophy around plant forward eating with an emphasis, if you will, or greater emphasis on fruits and vegetables, but not necessarily eliminating anything else. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And, um, and so what I love about that guide is that it unpacks a lot of kind of what I would call the basic principles of some of the behavioral science that we're talking about. And it puts it in more of a, you know, 
health professional food context. It's, it's, it was geared for, created for health and wellness professionals, kind of looking at um, an inclusive approach to plant-forward eating, leveraging behavioral science techniques, namely the no KNOW feel and do behavioral science framework that I was talking about before. Mm-hmm. And so it unpacks that really great. I think all of us, um, you know, dietitians really like research. And so, you know, if you, if you are looking for, you know, what is the latest and greatest in terms of the health and well-being benefits, you got to have like really good stats or like, you know, reference something is go to the umbrella review. So many people reference the umbrella review. It was published in the critical reviews of, um, food science and nutrition. And um, you can look at Dr. Taylor Wallace helped us with it along with 13 other academic scientists from different um, universities. And um, it really is the latest and greatest um, today on all the health and well-being benefits for um, fruits and vegetables, but also how fruits and vegetables improve quality of life. Um, If you're looking for, you know, I'm interested because I want to dig in a little bit deeper on some of those consumption trends. You know, the state of the plate research, you, everybody, all the dietitians, you know, we all have access, every American does to kind of end Haynes data. I can, ooh, I can say that on this, on this podcast because everybody <laughs> probably know, or most people know what that is. That's the, true. The government data. Ooh, and Haynes, and Haynes, go to and But, you know, so you guys know what that, everybody knows where to get that info, but that frequency piece that's where the state of the plate research comes in. There's no other research like it. And mm. so that's on our website, fruitsandveggies.org slash research. And so, and the, and the, uh, the, a link to the um, science review is there too. And that's where you kind of say as a professional, yeah, I want to look at this. I want to dissect this a little bit and, and I want to understand what it means. Now I want to apply it for me. And we also have a bunch of like free health and wellness webinars. So I think if you fruitsandveggies.org slash um, webinars is these are all like you get a free continuing education credit if if you're into that or need that and we have other experts that react to our research so we've done a lot of our own so a lot of times we have guests you know that are presenting about you know I don't know avocados or something um, but then we also showcase our own research through that platform and you can get free continuing education credit and can hear the Q&A like what do other professionals kind of their reactions to some of the research um, and then you know a lot of us might be in the position to say, I, w- I need to prove that this is important. And particularly for our friends and colleagues in government service or in retail or in food service, so that you need data to kind of say why we need to, um, you know, create more programs that are fruit and vegetable specific. So you can always leverage the consumer data. You can leverage um, the science data, food nutrition science data, but you can also leverage something that we published this year um, in May. And that is, it's called the fruit and vegetable gap analysis. We did this in partnership with a a group of um, consultants in DC called uh, Nutrition on Demand. And they've worked in the federal government. And what we did there was we said, um, Okay, what is all the consumption data out there? How does the federal government through USDA, uh, uh, NIH, and CDC, how do they fund fruit and vegetable research, feeding programs, and um, promotion programs? And is their funding in alignment with dietary guidance, i.e. generally, you know, make your half fruit half your plate fruits and vegetables the answer is no and so if Mm. you know there's a lot of great stats in there that I know our colleagues have used to kind of make the case for new fruit and vegetable programs whether they produce prescription programs or um, other innovative programs for access you know there's a lot of good information there it's an all it's an it's a fantastic resource if you know people are interested for example in lobbying either at the federal level or at the state and local level too so you know there's a lot of what I would call consumer facing information on the pbh website when you open it at fruitsandveggies.org we always say you know Take that that those resources and make them your own. We love it if you'd provide um, attribution to the Produce for Better Health Foundation, or for example, we work with a lot of other registered dietitians. So there may be like their what recipes or something. Of course, provide attribution to the individuals uh, as we do. But then there's other what I would call more professional resources 
i.e. the webinars, the research that really can um, enhance your communications, help you advocate um, for, you know, fruits and vegetables overall in your practice or even at the, at the governmental level. And, um, and then just let us know, like you can, you can email us anytime. And it's the email address is engage at pbhfoundation.org. And um, we'd love to get people's insights on other things they need. Um, Finally, I would say to new this year, we took, because this is unique, we took the research and we took what we know is performing well on, you know, on our digital and social media channels. And we created quarterly themed toolkits. And these have research, you know, tidbits in them, if you will. They have articles on um, how to leverage or how to, you know, how would you take this research and these themes and kind of bring them to life in a culinary setting or retail setting, obviously a communication setting. Um, There are downloadable graphics, sample social posts that obviously you could just kind of make your own as well. And, um, and then there's a whole list of basically ideas on monthly themes for that quarter. So three months. And then also within each one of those months, um, like essentially weekly themes and um, and then all the like health observances are listed. So Ooh. I just think that's a, if as a communicator, those are fabulous resources um, to kind of take everything we've talked about research and insights and what, you know, other, other professionals are doing key themes, fruits and vegetables and, and really bring it to life really all throughout the year. There are four quarterly toolkits available, um, on our website right now. Um, and we're going to continue that. And then for National Fruits and Veggies Month, we have a National Fruits and Veggies Month toolkit with a lot of ideas too, if that's something that people you know really want to focus on, for example, in the month of September. It's a great time. People are getting back into their routines, um, many people anyway, with, with school starting back up again. And that's, I, I, I love that you plugged the other toolkits because yes, we can promote fruit and vegetables in September because it's the month, but we, you have all the options for the rest of the year too, which are, they're very detailed and they have everything from like social media graphics that you can change. I mean, it's, you have like media toolkits or like press release. I mean, you have everything on there. So it's like one-stop shopping. (laughs) Thanks for saying that. Thanks for recognizing it. I mean, if nothing else, just go on there and just it and and just it'll. Insp- I hope anyway that even if you don't use the materials as is, which you totally could, is use them for some you know to to generate your own inspiration, um, and or let us know. Hey, what are we missing here? And uh, we're going to continue those toolkits. They've been very popular. Like I said, for inspiration or just straight up, you got to get something done and you use them as they are. Um, we're fine with that. And in fact, we, we love it when people use the resources and give us feedback on what could be even more helpful. So um, thanks for recognizing it. Yes, yes. So if you had to give um, every listener today, a dietitian or mm-hmm. any other health professional, what would be your call to action for them today? If they had one thing that they should do that would be helpful for this cause. They should encourage everyone to have a plan and use the hashtag have a plan in their social media posts. Ooh, I like that. This would do a lot to help carry the have a plant movement forward. And that's all about everything we talked about today. You know, plants, um, everybody's talking about them, but fruits and vegetables are truly like the OG and that the plants no one's eating enough of, but they are America's favorite and most flavorful plants. And so um, it would it would do wonders and we'd be so grateful for the support. I do try to make a point every time I'm like, Ooh, when it's relevant, when it's relevant, yeah, but it's good. Like you could even, I always tell people, I'm like, you could even put that when you do have pizza, like you could put, I have a totally girls, totally put it in there. People need to recognize that that's a part of it. What do we eat in this country? Pizza, nacho, (laughs) burgers, tacos, (laughs) always have a plant with those. Always. Yes. Yes. Totally a great way Mm -hmm. to do that. Oh, and I love the theme of the Fruits and Veggies Month. It's called Celebrating the Roots of Our Food, correct? Yeah. You know, we're so lucky at PBH that many of our supporters are um, farmers and growers in the United States. And, um, And so 
you know, we care about them and really dietitians and farmers and growers were all really connected um, in a really special way. And um, so we definitely want to celebrate the roots of our food, meaning the people who are behind the products and uh, making sure that we actually have those, those really healthy um, and flavorful plants all along the value chain from the farmers and growers all the way to the grocery store, the food service establishment, wherever people have an opportunity to make an eating decision. Um, But also we wanted to recognize this year that fruits and vegetables really can be the root of our diet, meaning the foundation, they're foundational. And, um, and so within that, we did pull things from the research, but just put a consumer spin on them. Um, So this concept of um, you'll see in the toolkit, like fruit and veggie care, Someone grew that. Someone prepared it for you. It's giving you life and hopefully health and happiness at the same time. And so how do we make sure that we're caring for fruits and vegetables and also making sure it didn't, doesn't, they don't go to waste? You know, they're only really good for you when you eat them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, so this idea of fruit and veggie care really um, made it. We were really excited about it. It made its way in the toolkit this year. I love that. It's funny. I had a conversation with a customer the other day and they were saying, oh, I, they were like, I, I really love beans, but I love canned beans. So that's bad for me, right? Cause they're canned. And I'm like, mm. it's not nutrition if you don't eat it. So if that's the only way you're going to eat those beans, then you eat them canned. <laughs> Do it, man. Yeah. Yes, I, mean, yes. I mean, not everybody has a lot of hours to like prepare the other yeah. kind. So <laughs> I'm, I love that. That's great. I know. So when you said that, like it's, if we don't eat it, you're not going to get nutrition nutrition from it. So that's, that's always my mantra. So I love well, that you remember said what we that. said before too, like if you don't eat it, you're not going to enjoy it. You know right. what I mean? So we know right. that. What do we know? We know if you don't eat it, you're not going to get the nutrition, but also there's really no opportunity for enjoyment then if it doesn't happen that way. That's true, which is why the frequency has gone down mm-hmm. in these, these areas. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. See, full circle. It just all comes full circle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay, well, I will definitely link everything that you kind of spoke about today, especially the website. And yes, everyone tag, have a plant. It's so easy to do. Hopefully you're doing all this in your regular everyday anyways on your social media or when you're out speaking to other people about the love that we have for fruits and vegetables. All right. So hard questions. We did this the last time two years ago. Let's okay. see if there. Let's see if there's any consistency with your answers. I'm, I'm okay. curious. I wrote down I your answers. Want, I mean, I feel like the world <laughs> changes every day. It so. does. I know. And when we talked, it was like right pandemic time. So very oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, let's, see, let's see if let's see if I've made my way out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So will you share some food or foods that you enjoy currently? Foods that I enjoy currently. Oh my gosh. Where does so I had I, I had a staff retreat here, and at every restaurant we tried crispy Brussels sprouts, and they were all mm. very different and flavorful. So I'm just going to roll with that. This is kind of a rapid fire thing, right? Yes, yes. Okay, Ooh, I like that crispy Brussels sprouts. How about beverages or other bev- or you know beverages? Can be water, can be wine. What kind of things are you enjoying currently? I feel like on that staff retreat, I did have a little too much wine this week, like more than <laughs> usual. Um, but that, and that was delicious. Um, I'm actually, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm more of a water person, so I'm going to say water. That was your say you were wine and water last time too. Okay. So. Yeah. Perfect. Something stay the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, scents or smells that you currently enjoy? You know, everybody right now, I just saw like Dunkin' Donuts put out their, uh, spice, you know, pumpkin oh, spice. Yeah. Um, and I already have, for, I, I'm not like into that, but I have, gosh, I'm going to say, I smells goodness I'm good sights and smells are just smells just smells yeah I'm gonna say thing. I'm gonna say I'm gonna roll with it I'm gonna say cinnamon cinnamon you mm-hmm. said spite you like spicier smells. I do so like I would say like, even, like my, even my like perfume I'm not a floral I'm definitely a warm spicy, spicy smell I like mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. so that's consistent okay this okay. is a new I know question myself. this is a new question okay. what is something people don't really know that know about you a lot of people may not know but some a lot of people do that um, I'm adopted and so this is kind of an interesting thing and I have never met um, the next question is have you ever met or do you want to meet your birth parents and it would be kind of cool you know to to meet them but I have not met them yet so maybe next time um 
there'll be an opportunity to to share if if I yeah. uh, made progress on that front. And then, what is currently bringing you joy in your life right now? You know, it's this. This is I, this wasn't definitely for sure. I have three teenagers now in my house, and oof. like, and so, <laughs> oof, yeah. There's oof. But what I was just gonna say. It's like there's things that bring me like great joy about this stage. Also like a few frustrating things, but kind of like the frustrating things are more humorous things to me because I kind of remember being like, Oh my God, I don't want to die. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> but, then, but then like, but then like, I also remember like some of these momentary triumphs, you know, where you're, mm-hmm. you're watching this person like, grow and like make a really great decision um and they're practicing all of those decisions now you know so um so I'm gonna say that today this moment this hour this minute this moment it's having teenagers I love it ask me tomorrow (laughs) ask me ask me like actually ask me in an hour an hour (laughs) I completely change yes (laughs) Well, Wendy, thank you so much for all you do for, especially for us dietitians, all the support that you provide, and then also your passion for your job. It's just, it's always such a great opportunity to talk with you. Oh, right back at you. Same. I mean, your passion's phenomenal. It gets me excited. (laughs) Oh, same. We have the same, we have the same like energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. I always enjoy chatting with Wendy. She has got so much energy. I love it. I think it's all the fruits and vegetables that she consumes. But just a reminder, make sure that you connect with Produce for Better Health. Remember, that's fruitsandveggies.org. And you can find the September toolkit there. There's so many great resources. You can right at the top of the page when you click on that website you'll find that that toolkit you just click on a little tab and then of course check out all the research that she mentioned too that link is in the show notes and if you do post on social media please use the hashtag have a plant remember to be great always find the joy in each day and to start a conversation that truly matters